This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The door of level 20 other was close, almost touching one's plastic. Thus one saw something, something one would not notice before. But after the traitor object, hard to miss. The door of level 20 other read, Enter here for artificial cognitive organic network. One stared, then turned to leave, almost running away. Almost sliding to the floor once more, like in the other's room before. One thinks one found the acorn other. There is a space between reality and fantasy. Between light and dark. Between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called The Mask. Integration is now. November 11th, 2025. Something very odd is happening. At first, Dave and I tried to ignore it, push it away, like an unpleasant thought. Then, one day as we were walking out of the subway, casually heading towards the intersection, when the most disturbing thing happened, a man suddenly took off his mask, revealing an unshaven, tear-streaked face underneath. The face looked old, rugged, and it was impossible to tell how old the man really was. He moved like a younger man, but that face... Suddenly, it was all I could see. I haven't seen another person's face in months. Dave is the only other person I could really look at. Suddenly, there was this man, and I realized that this is how misery looked. Heavy eyes, crushed under something so heavy the man could not take it. Immediately, the little devices flashed at the man's face, reading his facial expression, analyzing intent. Dave and I stood, frozen, watching the scene. Some people stopped also, as if transfixed. We all wanted to know what would become of the man, but none of us dared move towards him. Like a man convicted of a crime, he stared back at us. Then he ran towards the road as if under a spell. The car stopped immediately, halting in front of the man, the algorithm telling them there was a person on the road. The man stopped and laid down, right in the middle of traffic. For a moment, most of us stood, 
while others walked about minding their business. The traffic could not proceed with this man lying on the road. Then we heard a whirl of tires and some of us turned to see a man-driven vehicle. It was a luxury car, unlike the common cars used for shared purposes. A person, there was no way to tell if this was a man or woman under that mask, drove around the stopped vehicles and towards the man. Before anyone could say anything, the man-driven car approached him. The driver slowed, saw the man, then drove over him, casually, as if no man was even there. Some of us started looking around, expecting the man in the man-driven car to be arrested immediately, but nothing happened. Yet other masked people paid no attention at all and kept moving about their business as if blind. Then something awful happened. The traffic resumed. The cars moved on in their paths, some driving over the man's lifeless body, as if he was not even present. In another minute, a truck scooped the man up and moved on with the body. Dave and I were stunned. We stared into each other's blank faces, trying to decipher something, anything at all through the eye holes of our masks. Never in all our lives have we seen acorn malfunction like that. It was unthinkable. Dave quickly pulled me away by the arm. I followed as if in a daze. Like this, we walked rapidly to our house. Once inside, Dave unplugged our cozy, and when the lights flickered off and the usual ticking of the house silenced, he pulled me closer to him. Whisper, he told me in a quiet voice. You disabled cozy. Nobody could possibly hear us now. I whispered quietly. I still want us to whisper, he said and slipped the mask off. In the darkness of the room, I saw his eyes shine through with their usual intensity. Seeing his face, so naked and exposed, so human, calmed me. Something is very wrong, Dave whispered. The masks aren't helping us, they are turning us into... He did not finish, only stared at me. Dave... I whispered after a minute. This is a psychological experiment on a massive scale. Never had there been a time where humans no longer saw each other for such long periods of time. What do we do? He asked then. And we stared at each other in the darkness. Neither one of us had an answer. One wants to show the traitor object to the other. One no longer knows if the traitor object is really that bad or not. Did one make a mistake? The other can call one in and get one in trouble, but one does not think the other will. One never called the other in for compound Z. One thinks the other can be trusted or one another both disappear. One goes to the other's door and knocks. A moment later, the other opens. The other's plastic is shining in the light, and one remembers in shame that one's plastic is not on. The other does not look shocked. Instead, the other motioned one in. Straight away, the other sees the object one has at one's chest. Old object, the other says. One read some of the old object. Traitor object, the other says. 
That's why the other's plastic is gone. One nods slowly. One still likes the feeling. It feels good. One's only rebellion. The other will need to translate, one says, as one extends the traitor object towards the other. One feels hope. One wants the other to see what one had found. The other pulls out the device as one turns to go. One knows that the other is safe, can be trusted. The other will let one know what the object really is. December 20th, 2025. The streets are quiet. So quiet. Dave and I have been inside for over a week, both of us refusing to leave. The strange episodes got more frequent. Suddenly it was not the acorn that we feared, but ourselves. Yet anyone who dared take off the mask was either taken in or attacked by a masked stranger. At first others reacted, trying to stop the attacks or say something at least. But as the time progressed, those people were fewer and fewer. As the weeks rolled by, there were less and less people on the street. Either hiding or insane, Dave and I decided. We stopped going to work. We disconnected cozy days ago, living merely by feeling We haven't used pad, which can no longer be trusted anyway. So then, we have not followed the news either. We don't really know what is going on in the world. How many like us are there? Dave thinks a lot. The other day, he had an idea to reach out to like-minded people. Reach out in the old-fashioned way by knocking on doors. What if they are insane? I protested. We will have to take this chance, Dave admitted. I shook my head, unwilling to go to such lengths, unwilling to walk through these empty ghost streets. What if something happens? What if Acorn notices us? I don't know it will, Dave replied, his voice unsure. Besides, we have to try something. We cannot stay here forever. Our house is not even functional. Our food won't last. And what about clean water? I thought about Michael then. This is something he would do, I decided. The kind of plan he would come up with. The thought of him warmed me. Brought a smile to my masked face. I felt the hard plastic against my soft skin and thought of Michael as a child, wearing this very mask, running around in the yard, Something inside me stirred and I felt warm, connected to him somehow. Okay, I told Dave. Okay, let's do it. He was silent, but I could tell he was probably smiling underneath his mask. So, tonight, we will go. There's a knock, and one walks to the door, opens it. Then one jumps, shocked, because the other wears no plastic. It is strange. One has never seen 
naked face before. Not even ones. Only felt with fingers. The other comes up to one and puts the other's hands on one's plastic and moves it. Very shocking, but one lets the other do it. Then the other puts fingers on one's nakedness. One does the same. Puts one's fingers on the other's face. How odd it feels, but then... Not so. Thus one and the other hold the naked faces to each one. It is wrong. Strange and improper. One knows. But good it does feel. The other says nothing. One knows the other had read the traitor object. It is only a few pages and ends so abruptly. Thus, one and the other say nothing. One and the other, we sit side by side, our faces naked, one's gaze lost in the nakedness, searching, studying, always foraging. It feels better than the wind or the sun. How pleasant all that is. A sudden rush of, what? Then something jumps inside one, and one can feel. So much to feel. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.